the area to light this family friendly candle. Yeah, let's burn this one down. Yay! Oh man. Um let me just start with this. Well, why oh. would you do that? Ugh, oh, it's because it's in my wildest dreams. Da -da 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 -da. Oh. Actually, oh. I would call it in my mildest dreams. That'd be, that is a much better type. That, that's probably just a typo in the box. That W got, that's an M that got flipped over or something. In your mildest dreams. Oh. This movie hurt hurt us. Not oh, it's just it's it's not that it's so bad. It's actually, I mean, the acting's not horrendous. It's a little cheese dicky, but um, it's just so bland. It is probably the least offensive and least threatening movie that I've ever seen. The controversies, I mean, the criminals are clean. Which is, which I know, is right? Something. The criminals are even clean. Even the crime is kind of safe. And, oh, it's so... It's not even like it's a like, crime, really. I mean... It's like, if this movie was a color, it'd be beige. It'd be mauve. Oh, it's just, it's neutral. It is, uh... It's neutral as it can be. And Fantastic. Uh, I mean, we, we'll get into it, but there's a robot on the cover of the box... Oh, I forgot about the robot. And I was like, "All oh, right, a robot is going to be in this somehow. Some cheesy, like a bad, like a poor man's Johnny Five. And so nope. you're all probably wondering, you know, now that we just crapped all over this movie, uh, what this movie is. Um, but first, uh, let's talk yep. about some good things, like yay, Royals and Chiefs. Royals and Chiefs, good. I feel uh, like that we're paying the price for having the Royals and Chiefs doing good. Um, Something had to give, and we had to watch bad. Movies. I mean, for the for the uh, for the Royals to win their playoff game, which had happened in, in 29 years, we had to watch. Some this. of you, uh, some of you youngster uh, Gonzoites, may not have actually ever seen the Royals in the playoffs and actually win a game either. And when's the last time? And like the 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 Chiefs didn't do too good either. And when's the last time the Chiefs won a playoff game? Well, they have won one since 1994. Yeah, so it has been a long time the since playoffs, they have, but they have not uh, won anything. And uh, this we got a little, you get a Chiefs playoff one because it's too early, but they put the hammer on a big team. And uh, I don't like that, uh, but the hammer, that's a... So it had know. been a while since the Kansas City area, <laughs> the area of my hometown, um, and Tim's, actually, um, Yeah. Got to taste the sweet nectar of playoff victory, and I'd like to think that, much like really sweet foods, or in my case, uh, whipped cream uh, icing cakes from Walmart, uh, much that 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 sweet stuff coming in just would quickly turn to diarrhea uh, in the end, and that's what happened uh, with this pick. Um, yeah, this. Um it had a lot of. It had some promises being something kind of goofy and just you know. We gotta admit the cover. Stupid. The cover. First of all, okay. What's the What's the name of this movie? The name of this movie is called In Your Wildest Dreams. Now, when, I, uh, when I first saw that, what you want? Oh, what? Nineteen ninety one. In Your Wildest Dreams. Uh, the cover is up on our Facebook page. Yeah, we threw it up there when I was trying to attempt. I was begging people to pick something else. So I didn't even like look at the post because I was I was attended to sports. 
Um, yep. So when I discovered the the movie in the in the shared Gonzo cloud, um, I looked at the title and I was like, "Is he really putting a porno up in there?" <laughs> it does have the the title does portend of something else. And I gotta admit, the way this movie started out, I thought it was. Um, it's got the production quality of a fine '90s pornography. Yes, a fine classic '90s pornography. Uh, it's, it's a lovely 95 porno. Vintage 95. But this is actually a 1991. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's a family feature made by feature films for families. And if you can think of a family safe movie from 1991, all clothing styles and pop car. No, zero pop culture references except for rollerblades. And computers. That was one thing that made me laugh. So, uh, the one thing I noticed now that I'm looking at the cover, you know, besides the red Ferrari that will, has more screen time than some of the other characters uh, in this movie. There's multiple covers for this. Mine just has a robot and a robot hand and them at, like, the park. That's all mine has on Well, I remember uh, the logo for featured films for families. Ah yes. Uh, and if you're like us, uh, and, and you and you like to peruse your local Goodwill or Salvation Army or any uh, uh, generic flea market, um, specifically looking for say VHS tapes, you know, and 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 the like for you know potential Gonzo guys candidates, you may have seen this symbol around a lot. Um, I especially at the local Goodwill. When I was in Mission, Kansas, uh, I vividly remember uh, this logo and a lot of movies repeated sometimes too that were feature film for family branded movies. And I always stayed away from those. <laughs> um, I would have run screaming from them as well. Um, Where did you find this? Um, this was a flea market pickup. Now, you're looking at the alternate cover that has the Ferrari. Oh, is it like a comic book? Um, the mine is a picture of a robot um, that they use to drive the car in the movie, which we'll get to, and a robot hand, and then a picture of the lead and his girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I and it's whatever you want to call it, but um, oh my god, it's oh. Yeah, um, so um, this is definitely, uh, we veered into another different area. Actually, uh, this is another genre untouched by the Gaza guys. Um, I don't think we've ever did, like, featured for family movies ever. Um, and I'd like to think that we, we are so eclectic that <sighs> not, all, not, like, Two months, maybe three months ago, we did Jodorowsky's Holy Mountain, and now we're doing a, a feature film for families movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, to give you an idea of what these movies entail, one, there's a logo that is quite blatant, and two, all of them on the back, mainly VHS, although I'm sure they're on DVD somewhere, um, have a have the you know the plot summary, and then they have a parent's guide where they ask questions, which we will go, we will answer these questions later after we've discussed the plot, because that's the only time we can answer those questions. Um, but there's a parent's guide, and it talks about how to discuss the, 
you know, the tough issues raised in these films with your children. And uh, anyway, uh, there's something else. I just, and in this movie, I don't think there is any really tough issue raised. I would like to, and I will add to this, um, I called something, I was watching this, and I thought, gee, this looks a lot like Place X. And then they say, oh, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. And I think, well, Cleveland, Ohio is not surrounded by mountains. And despite the backdrop having mountains everywhere. And then I thought, you know what that looks like? That looks like Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, wow. And I'm just looking at the the VHS box here, and it says Feature Films for Families. P.O. Box 572410, Murray, Utah. Murray, present. Which is not very far from Salt Lake City. The great Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Um, if you want any of these fine films, you can call 1-800-347-2833. Um, this is from 1991, so that number probably doesn't go there anymore. 1-800-876-EVIL. Oh, yeah, 976-EVIL. Yes, what it was, thanks. 1-800-976-EVIL. <laughs> yeah, that's back in the where the 976 numbers always went to the naughty places. I didn't know that. Yeah, they'd always, like, people be like, oh, careful, you're going to get a 976 number on your bill and your parents are going to know. Oh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> 976 boo or 976 dick or something. <laughs> and then they made the movie 976 evil. Man, just blew that market. 976 Art. numbers were the precursor to 1900 numbers. Oh, wow. So, I did not um, know that. So, you know, that's how you progress. That's, you know, a little history in the world of phone sex. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, we're going to have to temper some of this film with. Uh, um, Saucy language and jokes. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll need Rip Taylor in a heartbeat. Woo! We need some confetti phone, like no other. Oh my god! My 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 god! <sighs> yep. Well, let's uh, let's talk about this film movie. Let's delve into it. We've um, got movie song. Oh wait, wrong show. Yeah, we that's awesome. We've got copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> When they were playing Patty King, I kind of was thinking Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of thing. But let's get some music going here, folks. We're out of money. Let's see. Put a hundred thousand shares of your own stuff in right now. Yeah, don't worry about all this noise. <laughs> Why doesn't Timmy care? And basically, the, you hear the tone of this music. That's that's the whole tone of the movie. It's a sad, morose movie. There's nothing. It says drama, but there was nothing dramatic. Though there are two things that were pretty good. So the movie starts out, um, and I guess it's just some dude driving a Ferrari around. No, it was the uh, it was the it's, bad guy talking with the the girl that looked. The henchman girl. Oh, she looked really good too. That's why I thought the first thought I had is like, this better not be a porno. No, uh, this was the. Oh god, what the freak! And that's why I thought it was in the eighties too, because of the dude, the ginormous frame glasses that women wore, where it was like bigger than her head. Well, now to be fair, um, if this was a, 
a if this was set in a Utah or I mean if they were filming this in Utah they at this current time ninety one they would be a little bit behind on the time. Makes sense. Uh, you don't have the full connectivity internet despite the despite the illusion of connection in this movie. Uh, don't even yeah. We'll get there. Um, so that's why perhaps a little bit. Ninety one is real close to the eighties. There's a lot of stuff that you would think is eighties and it's really early nineties. So you know. Well, so that was my next. I was like, well, what's eighties TV show? This thing is, and then Ferrari. I thought it was a Ferrari commercial, and it ended up being a Ferrari commercial. Well, somebody had some access to Ferrari for this movie. That's all. No, one it, Ferrari. Excuse me, excuse me, one Ferrari because it's definitely the same. It's Ferrari. the same damn Ferrari throughout. Because they never show them in the same place at the same time. Uh, there's a red Ferrari that makes that should have should have been the top billing it on this. It should have its. Uh, I almost said, fag card. <laughs> No, not Film Actors Guild, but the other one. But Screen this, Actors Guild, SAG. Yeah. SAG card. SAG card. There you go. Um, okay, yeah, this is a whole... That can have gone down a different way. Um, so there's a set... This car is featured prominently in this. And he's The bad guy's going to buy it, and he apparently owes money on taxes. He... <laughs> This movie's all about giving you the exposition right there in a conversation. Yeah, and everybody's somehow related. Like Kev, the Kevin Bacon doesn't even get mentioned because everybody's got at least two degrees separation with each other. Well, because the the dirty, slimy bad guy inside Trader went to high school with the good guy character, or who's four years ahead of him in high school. Uh, he's gonna defraud this guy's company, whose daughter happens to be dating the good guy in the movie. The good guy in the movie's dad happens to the be the IRS tax. agent that's IRS shaking agent. down the bad guy. Shaking down the bad guy who's working in tandem with a woman who's an S- who's an agent for the SEC, which is the Security Exchange Commission, not the Southeastern Conference. And um, so, and she comes to the school of the good guy, as we'll call him that, and uh, she, so there's a. The, wherever sit, they're supposed to be in Cleveland, mind Yeah, you. well, and the, they, so so Dark Helmet then turns to the screen and says, did everybody get that? Did everybody get that? We're in Cleveland. We're Make sure this one kid in high school wears a Cleveland Indians hat, and we'll show a couple license plates, and we'll say we're in Cleveland. So in my, in my that, notes, I, I wrote that it's, it was like, God damn it, is it a Christian movie? And it really wasn't. It didn't have any kind of religious undertones. No, I kept waiting for the Jesus part to jump into it, but it really it, it now granted there's an undercurrent of Christian values. Well, that's not but it's not, not but it's I mean, let's just say it's just, being a decent person is a Christian value, you know? Like well, I think it's got a it has a little harmony feel to it, is what I'll say. I I I'd say that it has those and I, I guess that's the only thing I could give this movie is that it's, I would I could have I would have enjoyed it even I actually would have enjoyed it more if it was like really heavy handed Bible thumping, but it wasn't. It was mild even for like a family friendly. Well, that's movie. what I think I got to give credit to this movie is that they they took the religion out of out of what it means to be like a good person, which is they basically just said it's not right to profit off other people. If there's a mistake, you really shouldn't profit off. Yeah, and, and and they really didn't tie it to it because that's what I think people go to nowadays. It's like, oh, be good. That means you're churchy. So, no, religions were created because it was an easy way to keep people in line and to say what it is to be a good person. It wasn't 
religions created the idea of what a good person is. It was just it was, it's the other way around. So we're seeing the the unraveling of those two connections. But I think people are forgetting that you know there still is a need to be a good person, and you may not necessarily need religion to do it, but you should still stress the idea of being a decent person every day. And that said, I'm pretty sure religious people made this movie. <laughs> that said, I was disappointed there are no boobs in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, dude, give me this. If I'd gotten like forty minutes in this movie, and then somebody popped up topless, so they had a raunchy I sex scene. So. I, was, I was, was so close. I would have fallen over dead. Oh well, I wouldn't have wanted that I, to happen. No, but they well, even like they kissed for like like half. Well, a nothing second. happened in this movie, so you're guaranteed I, I, that you, any kind of even like a side boob would have been like falling no, off I the mean, chair, there, kind of. There, it was the most modestly dressed people in the world, and then I would have. Even when they actually let the uh, teenagers like kiss, when they finally are like, "Oh, I love," and they don't say "love you" either. They say, "I like you a lot," and then they kiss, which I was floored. They let that happen. That was a little. That was like the big action point. Oh, I, was like, oh. I was also the good. The good girl when we first see her, she wears a skirt, a school teacher skirt, where it was like yes. longer than her legs, and it looked like it was sweeping the floor. It was so big and and just long and just. Well, she's a good girl. Yeah. So, she's not so like- those kids, right? That good girl, right? So you get this backdrop. Tim kind of like laid out the uh, the the the, the social network of this movie, and how everybody's connected, right? It's a very for being Cleveland. Everybody, this is all going on in a very small part of Cleveland. Yeah. So we get to see a robot car, robot-driven <laughs> car that has like a handicam, and they intentionally put a a fucking helmet on it. Which made no sense to me, um, but well, I also love how they—they're not sure if it's gonna work. So what do they do? They have a little they, girl drive it. They have a little girl direct the robot, and they go ahead and just send it out into live traffic. I like to think that this movie, like introduced, if you wanted to do religious intent, that that would that little girl would be Damien because she has power over way too many things in this movie. Oh my god, she and she—wow, oh, I don't. Even, yeah, mind blown, isn't it? Because, all right, so it's like, she's like, so, okay, so, (laughs) so she goes and tests it around, they tell us they're going to make a lot of money on it, but then, like, bad guy got insider training dealios on it, because, like, either, like, partner guy was going to sell out or something happened, but, but who cares, it's, it's a, they would, for this movie being as basic and bland as it is, the plot, my god, they, you try. There's no good way or interesting way to do insider trading. That's like even real insider trading isn't that exciting. Um, so, but the basically thing is, there's a company called Banks Electronics, and since they mentioned other banks, like in the idea that you're paying banks money for stocks and things, maybe they should have come up with a different name for the company. Uh, but so, Banks Electronics is making this Johnny Five car driving robot, and. Uh, so they have, but they need to test it because they're going to get ready to sell stock, and they know it's going to be big. And so they they're all nervous about doing a test, and they're like, "I'm not sure if this test is going to work." And then they're like, "Okay, let's take it live on the road, and we'll have this eight year old drive it." Okay, so they do that. Meanwhile, you got Greasy McGreaserson, the bad guy, who basically is never did anything with college, but he basically just makes shady deals, makes much money, and hangs around town, and he's going to get a Ferrari, and he doesn't pay his taxes. And his sure thing, his sure thing now is that he's going to jump in on this company's breakthrough, and 
he kind of he has an inside man. He knows they're going to put this robot thing out. Apparently, that's just going to make him tons of money. Their stock hasn't moved in a long time. So what he's going to do is somehow, and I don't know all the rules of this because I don't understand that thing. Uh, he's going to get them to release the stock early for sale, and then he's going to buy. He was planning to like buy it up, knowing that it was going to go sky high. But he was going to do it carefully and buy little bits at a time. Yeah, because he's a smart guy. No, he and had he, all these different people spread out. He had people all over the country who were all going to buy little pieces of yeah. it. Yeah, and then they and would then, do it incrementally. Very slowly because uh, greed and speed don't mix, um, according to him. Mm-hmm. And so they did blah, blah, blah. He anyway, he's going to defraud the company. He wants to buy these shares. Meanwhile, <laughs> Johnny Cheese Dick and his girlfriend are in high school, and he's, for whatever reason, decided that everybody in his family said he's going to Princeton. Well, well, no, we gotta get, we gotta, okay, we gotta talk about the Ferrari kicking up the Casio like no other. We gotta talk about the opening, where it's, the kid, um, man, I forgot, is it, where the kid, are they at the diner first, and then they follow this Ferrari around? Yes, they go to the diner. No, I take it back. They go to the diner afterwards. Okay, good, 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 good. Because I was like, this is a 4A commercial because all they're doing is following around this car for like five minutes. And then I was like, this is Las Vegas Bloodbath 2 because uh, there's a lot of driving in that movie as well. And then I thought uh, the theme song was ripped off from Paul Simon. I was like, oh, it's you can call me yeah, out. It was completely ripped off from that. Well, you definitely you'll hear that. Here and I was like, why the fuck are they following the Ferrari around? Because literally, like they follow the Ferrari to the shady part of town, and they go under a bridge. Like they're out to get some of some ice cream or whatever, right? And like this teenager boy decides to just straight up stalk, cop follow this Ferrari for no reason except for the fact that he wants to look at the Ferrari. He has a boner for Ferrari. And oh my god, he follows it like to the crappiest part of town. I'm like, good, I hope something bad happens. Literally follows it to the wrong side of the track. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, okay, great. You know, that makes sense. He's kind of an idiot. This is probably how the trouble starts of the movie, right? Like, there's some mix-up happens, right? Uh, and, like, some shit's gonna go down. But you know what happens? They just, like, stop. They're like, okay, let's go. And then, like, the, the Ferrari shows out of, out of a junkyard and drives away because I don't know why the fuck. They never explained that. But it was such the biggest letdown, and it was one of the many letdowns that come in this movie. And that was just sort of in the first ten minutes where the first five of it was just a Ferrari driving around. Here's a little, here's a little piece where they put the music in the car. The robot is scared to drive the car. And the little demon girl's telling it to drive. This is incredible, Trevor. She makes driving the car look like child's play. Not the fine movie for Yeah, she's great. And it does make a very impressive demonstration. Mow down that children. Hit that dog. Music, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> He's a great driver, Art. Never impatient, never breaks a law. In fact, since he scanned the state driver's manual, he could probably teach drivers in it. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> Drive into brick wall. That's the boss, how we're doing. You're both doing great. Next stop, the Indy 500. <laughs> oh, man. That's just brutal. Uh, basically, you, what you need to remember in this is that in 1991, these guys created artificial intelligence. Yes. Um, and they use it for the grand purpose of driving a car. I'm trying to get to some of the fine music in this film, but anyway, um, whatever her name is, uh, Firestarter or you know, yeah. Damien's sister. Damiana or something. Yeah. Damiana. Yeah, she's a... Uh, she, a lot of times she's just sitting there with a look on her face, kind of like butthead. Well, that's because she's controlling everything. Like, in the diner scene, like after they they follow the car and you hear the Paul Simon rip-off, yeah. um... You know, I know. That's I know. I know. I know. I know. Oh, yeah, this is totally a Paul Simon Here we go. At least once a week in the Ferrari showroom. We plan to go all over you while at home. I know, but it's not the same as seeing when you're there on the street. Every time you come around, I feel my life turn upside down. I'm in the Venus. If you be my bodyguard, I'm. By the way, all that's happening now is driving. Just driving. Driving and knowing glances and clean laughing in the car. Find out who did all the music too. So, um, so the uh, they get home, right? Well, no. So here's the movie probably... in one minute, right? Like, right, like go. the whole point of this movie was completely foreshadowed, and they could have ended the movie right there. Is when they got paid back extra money at the counter counter when they bought ice cream, and the girl is like, "Can you count this money again?" Because she already knew what the fuck's going down. She's just toying with this guy. And he counts it again, and it's like, oh, hmm, look, it looks like they gave us extra money. We should probably go return it. And they go and return it. So that's pretty much, like, the whole fucking point of this movie. But the little girl first says, well, it was their mistake. Why should I have to return it? Exactly. So, And then, like, you shouldn't profit off somebody's mistake. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, she's, but she knew what was going on the whole time. She was just testing everybody, the demon girl. And, uh... Yeah, so that happened, and then they get home, and then out of the blue, the kid gets accepted to Princeton. Which they all seem very preoccupied with. It's part of a 10-year plan. Um, the girl blows off her plans with them at one point, and you're like, oh, what's going on? And uh, the meanwhile, the greasy guy, we should add, is trying to get close to her so that he can get more information about her dad's company, blah, 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 blah. Well, and the but, uh, the owner of the company offers the kid a job working there because he wants him to take over. He wants to be the junior executive program. and He wants him to run the company and whatnot. And he's, yeah, that's a, yeah, he decides that he wants the senior in high school that's going to run the company one day. Yeah, smart business guy. Well, I should add... Because we all know that a woman can't do that, and why would he give it to his daughter? No, that would just be dumb. There is a slightly paternalistic attitude in this film. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah, it is not. That's not here nor there. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. But he does have a like a, a an actual heir in his daughter, but she's only working as the secretary. Maybe maybe this, he's figuring out that they're gonna boink anyway and get married, so he must have just line it up for him, you know. Yeah, she, yeah. So she's the secretary, and he's decided that the uh, delivery boy is going to be the new president of the company one day. And so he's like, "You should do junior executive training, skip college, and you well, not skip college. You're going to go to school at night and work for me all day." That sounds like fun yeah. college. Uh, yeah. So hey, that is well, and then they get home and they're like, "Princeton, Princeton, everybody's in fucking Princeton sweaters." Princeton fight song. Guess what? We you got your letter and you got accepted, and we because we open your mail to that, you know, and we're like, fuck it, we're gonna spend all this money on, on Princeton sweaters sure. and a party. Whose parents spends their money to get fucking on college sweaters and to throw a party for college acceptance? And who opens their kids' college acceptance letter? It's kind of like I, the kids think. I, I never did. They're like, my, if I got a letter from somewhere, which I didn't apply in many places. But if I did, they would say, hey, you got a letter from there. Let's open it and see what's in it. They wouldn't crack it open, then buy the appropriate school's gear, learn Think the school's it, right? fight, learn school's fight song, invite my girlfriend over secretly, and then do like a Princeton fight song conga line when I come in the door. <laughs> to which the kid probably is like, I don't know if I want to go. And his dad loses his freaking mind. <laughs> well, no, and the daughter, the sister was the smartest one of the whole group. She she yeah. uh, she didn't give a fuck. She saw right through everything, like about how yeah. he wants to be, like he wants to stay because of the girl, and um, all this other stuff. She was like the smoothest. I was like, I was like, good job. She's like normal, and she's got a, she's got a, supposedly like a rich boyfriend who's, what's his name, Enzo or something, Enzo, Enzo the punk rock white kid. Um, is is the his younger sister's girlfriend, and nobody ever watches the youngest kid except for him. So I think for a family, it seems so tight knit. Nobody's ever watching that damn girl, yeah. except for bro, except for the in, soon to be inside trader brother. So um, anyway, this, my favorite part of this movie is that, okay. So eventually, they're back in high school, being high school kids, and they have an econ class. Oh God. And before they get to the their assignment, they have um, a visitor. It's this, you know, I don't know, Mrs. Smith from the Securities Exchange Commission. She talks about how tricky it is to catch people doing meat, you know, bad, bad, and shame, finger shame, insider trading. And you know, that's she, just be aware you shouldn't do that. And you know, I catch people, blah 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 blah. And so then, you know, Mr. Teacher comes in, the, the lone black man in this movie. Uh, wanders in and says, "Okay, here's your assignments. We've got these fancy computers over here. Um, Ninety-one again. Green screens. We got green, you know, green screens. And there's like six of them lined up, and there's one on the end, on the corner, like at a ninety-degree angle. It's like now we are connected to the mainframe at the stock exchange in New York City. Okay." Um, yeah, why? And, First of all. Yeah, then he's like, well, and then he's like, okay, so he's going to have him do fake stock trading. Fine, they do that in econ classes all the time. No big deal. He's like, I'm going to give you $25,000 of fake money, guys. Come on. And <clears throat> so he's like, I'm going to give you this money, and you can go buy your stocks. And then I like his grading system, which is whoever makes the most money gets the best grade. Yeah, I, I like that. 
so he's like, so, you know, do what you want to do, but don't worry about it. But whoever makes the most money is going to get the best grade. And, um, but then they, they slip it in. I even almost missed it. Um, Goody two shoes couple are sitting there talking about something stupid. It doesn't matter. And they aren't paying attention to the teacher. Shame. And they miss the part where he says, whatever you do, don't log into this computer. Because this one is a real live computer, and if you do your, it will really buy and sell stocks. Which makes no sense. With and I should buy and sell stocks with absolutely no payment from anyone. And so they're like, and he's like, whatever. And so they're getting ready to like go to lunch later in the day, and and Goody, Mr. Goody Two Shoes and his Goody Two Shoes friend with the Cleveland baseball hat to ever present remind you that you are in Cleveland and not in California or Utah or somewhere that's surrounded by mountains and he's like oh man he's like I always use this computer so I'm going to use this one to trade my to do my stock project um, and I was a little disappointed that he was just running through his, his schoolwork like that but uh, so he's doing his little thing and he's like his friend's like apparently he can't use the computer so his friend's going to do all the grunt work for him and he's like Okay, put your password in. And he's like, okay, we're come in. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to buy all my girlfriend's dad's company stock because, you know, she'll think she'll get a kick out of it that I bought his stock. Ugh. And so they can't find it on the regular New York Stock Exchange. They find it on the Amex Stock Exchange. They, they went too technical in a couple places than they should have. And but, so he goes, he logs in, he buys like 100,000 shares, which, and then it's like, Okay, there. He's like, yeah, just buy it all, my good man. And the guy buys up his stock. And the stoolie friend guy who, who's barely in this movie. The stoolie friend who's there for exposition purposes only or to do grunt work. Uh, he goes ahead and he's like, okay, yeah, you bought it all. And it's like, hey, it's asking for a bank account number. And he's like, oh, why? He's like, well, I guess they just want it for – they don't understand. But he goes and puts his bank account number in and it's like, hey, uh, okay. And it's like – and the computer talks, which – was obviously very common in those days. Um, the computer's like, you have a balance due of $252,000. And, but proceeds to give him the stock anyway, despite not paying $252,000. Yeah, I know, right? And so he's like, okay, it's done. And they leave. And uh, it turns out he really bought, he bought the 100,000 shares of stock that the greasy guy was going to divvy up amongst his friends and steal. And, uh, he does that he they walk away he doesn't think anything of it um and then the he finds out something that like through the grapevine he finds out that the daughter of mr banks god that is his name isn't it yep mr banks uh he finds that the daughter of mr banks uh company's all gonna be going to ruin because somebody bought up all the stock and i don't quite know how that was a bad thing but anyway it was a bad thing and yeah, I don't get, I didn't get it either. I think it was like he wanted to have some of purchased himself so he could. Read. Well, he didn't have. He made all his stock available early, so all, he would have no stock in his own company. Therefore, he wouldn't own it, and it would be gone. And I guess that was the bad. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's just dumb. So anyway, it, it beyond that, so he, the kid basically is going to ruin this guy's company, and then they do a thing. He goes to his friend's dad. He goes to token friend's dad and it's like, hey, you got to fix this. It's like, I can't do anything. They froze on the account because the, the SEC thinks it's – God, I can't believe how complicated this movie is. Uh, the SEC notices it about the buying stock before something happens. They're like, oh, freeze the account. And it locks it up on the guy's green screen computer at home and it's like, count frozen. 
And as they have it frozen, they go ahead and announce, Mr. you know, the Johnny Five car. And, oh, I take it back, it's two black guys in this movie. One, this other guy's a scientist. Uh, he's wearing a white coat in the back, so I'm going to say he's a scientist. And Why do you only see color? I see a white coat and a black guy, and I say robot scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and I see a doofus in a, with a messenger bag and a demon child, and I call him Waste the lead. Of time. Waste of time. So um, basically, they unfreeze the account because the Johnny Five thing comes out, and the the leader of Mr. Banks talks to the SEC. When he's like, "Please unfreeze the account. I'll get the money back. I don't know why he bought all the stock, but he'll we'll, he'll work it out with me. Don't worry about it." So they unfreeze the stock. Um, nobody's questioning whether the kid got two hundred fifty-two thousand dollars to purchase that stock because he hasn't paid for it. Uh, they unfreeze it, and then the robot, apparently robot driving a car, just shoots a stock through the fucking roof. You know, I wonder if Google got this idea for the self-driving car. It's probably it's probably straight lift out of In Wildest Dreams. I'm guessing that's it. Oh, also, it's right around this movie, the bad guy. Uh, it was more when he was in the IRS office. But it was <laughs> yeah, when I... That's when I realized the bad guy looked exactly like Tim Heidecker from Tim and Herrick. Oh, he does a little. Oh, he does. If you see Tim Heidecker's hair back, it, this guy looks like him. I was like, oh, man, please, I hope something happens from this, but it never did. You know, I almost would bet that if you took this same, took this script and gave it to Tim and Eric, you would get a way more interesting movie. Yeah, yes, totally. It would be bad shit crazy, but it'd be awesome. Uh, so... <laughs> This during all of this business, the guy finds out this kid bought his stock out. He's freaking out, but he he'd gone to the IRS agent who happens to be, you know, Captain Goody Tissue's dad, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna have all your money in two weeks because I'm a pompous dickwad." And the guy's like, "I told you to come in with a check today," and he said, "Well, you know what? I just pay it all off next in two weeks because I'm a dickwad." <laughs> And the guy's like, you just think you can do this forever? He's like, you will come in next week and pay me everything. And so uh, evil slicked back hair Tim Heidecker goes, and he's like, we got to speed this process up. He goes to the second in command at the bank's company, and he's like, you got to figure – we're going to have to shake this kid down for the stock. And again, amidst all of this, the kid has uh, earned like millions of dollars, and he's bought everybody in his family stuff. He bought a jungle gym for his sister – Oh, you know what? I'm just going to skip up to that part because you got to hear something. Yeah, because I was like, how does someone who looks like he has a license to drive but isn't 18 able to purchase all that stuff right away? With, but with stock that he purchased with no money. Yeah, and the fucking and the BMW bike. Not the car, the bike. Yeah, the BMW motorcycle was a weird fixation for the dad. He just wanted to get... I don't know. It's... He was like... He was dad of dads is what he was in this movie. Here we go. Now, basically, so the kid finally, he thinks it's all squared up. He's like, you may, I made money, so I haven't lost any money. I've got all this money. So, here we go. Uh, he's like, to his credit, he does nice stuff for his family. So, here we go. But he has to do it in a super stupid way. Right. Here he goes, taking it down to the rompus room. What is this, a school assignment? Well, sure, you can say that. No, 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 sit down, sit down. Okay, it's much better. Now, hello everyone, and welcome to Which Curtain is Yours. And now, please welcome the star of the show, the handsome, the popular, the incredibly brilliant Mark Andrew! Thank you, thank you. Which Curtain 
is yours, the show which gives me the pleasure of making all your dreams come true. And now, Sam, who's our first contestant? Thank you, Mark. Today we have with us just a lovely young lady, Katie Andrews. Katie Andrews, stuck right over here with me. At this point, the dad looks fairly bemused. See this curtain? Mean that sheet? I have a question for you. If you answer it correctly, you will win what's behind that curtain. Who hides a quarter under your pillow when you lose a tooth? That's right. And he's given the devil spawn a fancy swing set. Wait, there's more. Mark, what now, the audience, you'll get your on. turn, you'll get your turn. All right, Sam, who will be our next contestant? Ladies and gentlemen, from right about this game, Beach, yes. Allie and Allie. Allie. Okay, Allie, for turn number two, here's the question. For the last four weeks, a new rock group, Flea Bitten Plague, has had a song on the charts which is making a strong bid to become number one. What is that song? This is so dumb. That's right! Is so dumb. You gotta love the. The mom, the mom, plays along. Behind this curtain, and I will note she's also wearing a floor-length skirt. Here's the question: What president, with assassination, she slipped into the Capitol under the cloak of secrecy? Abraham Lincoln. That's right. Is it imitation? Yes. An imitation And now for our final contestant from right here in Cleveland, Ohio, let's give a big welcome to Mr. George Andrews! Well, that's good, George Andrews, because a lot is riding on Shut that thing off. Yeah, that's a light on the wall. Now, would you please give me an explanation on why you're doing all this? I would like to ask the writer, director, and producer that same question. So basically, his dad is like, "Where the hell is he getting all this money?" As he and should. He's like, "Well, I don't want it linked to me. I don't want my ass thrown in jail because I'm a dumbass kid." Well, and he's a tax agent. He should be curious. Actually, yeah. Money. So his dad's a, is an IRS yeah. agent. Everybody's Prince about the kid's pretty fucking stupid. Um, so he goes out to the front lawn. His dumbass friend has driven up the the BMW motorcycle, which apparently his dad is super into. Um, and he's got he kind of crosses his arms, gives him the cross look. How are you getting money for this, you dumbass? And uh, meanwhile, the mom is quietly standing in the background, minding her, minding her manners and her coat. And then here comes his girl. Here comes his goody two shoes girlfriend in her mom jeans. And, well, no, no, no. The uh... well, then while the girlfriend's coming up, his friend pulls up in the the same Ferrari. Yeah. It's supposed to be a different red Ferrari, but it's the same Ferrari. It wouldn't have been any more obvious as the same Ferrari if they just left the bad guy in the driver's seat all the time. Pretty much. And the mom reluctantly takes off her faux mink jacket. And meanwhile, he's staring at the Ferrari. The kid looks all sad and like, oh, I'm sorry. And the kids and then his friend's like, whoops, was this too soon? <laughs> and uh, he just runs down the street. And I should note that everybody, at least in everybody in one person in every scene is wearing either an Ohio, a faded Ohio State t-shirt, oh. or there's a picture of Ohio, or there's an, a quilt with a bunch of O's on That's it. That's gross. 
Because they wouldn't want you to forget you are in Ohio. So, um, what the crap? He buys all this shit for his family. Um, it's, it just doesn't matter. He gets all this shit. His girlfriend doesn't like that he's profiting off her dad's company. Fair enough. The grease, the greasy guy is watching videos of Ferraris driving around while he's got two women in the pool. Um, that makes sense. It, That's where I was like, there might be... I mean, they might really take advantage of this kid here, but they don't end up doing then, that. Meanwhile, a lot of times in the background, demon girls running around, eyeballing stuff and listening, not saying much. Just um, plotting. Just plotting. She's roller skating down by where the grease ball is having his meeting with, uh, with his his evil woman cohort and uh, she hears some stuff and then she gets in the back of the second in command guy from the bank's company's car and uh, meanwhile Greaseball's taking goody two shoes to the, his secret warehouse where he's going to shake him down for the stock because it's just that easy and he basically is like, well, I'll tell you what, you give me all your stock, I'll give you this shithole warehouse that you can then sell to the bank's company for $3 million. And the kid wisely says, hey, I want to hear it from Mr. Banks. And they're like, he's like, nope, I already talked to him. Well, Just well also, um, you cut out the whole conflict between the guy and the girl. Uh, where they got, in a, basically, she got, she got in a fight with him because she wants him to, like, stop it. Uh, even though I thought she was kind of just kind of watching out for daddy. for her daddy, but also the thing that bothered me is that um, is she was like she was like I cannot control him anymore. She's he's getting happy, and he's he's spending his money on on this stuff and all that other stuff. And I got this sense that I got this sense that she was kind of losing her grip on him. Well, there's a weird scene with the two of them. It's all this stuff. They got this whole fucking overly done, complicated financial plot going. Um, and not overly complicated in a good way. Um, but, like, they're in, the, like, at the park or the fair or some shit like that. Yeah. And she's she's sitting on the fence talking to him. She's like, do you think I'm too controlling? He's like, no, I kind of like it. And which is kind of, you know, it's like, if you want to read into that, I guess you could. Well, I mean, uh, it's what are you going to say if you say yes? Right. She's going to get. She's going to get mad. So. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, you're not. And he's like, but even if you are, which means she is. Yeah. Uh, so you just say, yeah. I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> Being also <laughs> like, like, shit. It's a good thing. He's like, she's like, well, you know, my dad says I always, you know, just make sure I get what I want and. He's like, I, he's like, that's okay. You know, you know what you want, so you go get it. And that's all right. Can I kiss you now? And they kiss, and the demon girl comes by with her nerd boyfriend, demon child, and is like, "You guys are kissing. That's gross." M- me and my nerd kid here, Walter or Norman, Norman, Jerry Maguire, his, dude. Jerry Maguire, ninety-one, circa ninety-one kid, is like, you know, she's like, we're never gonna kiss. And then the goofball boy lead is like, oh hey. What's going on there, Norm? And he's like, my name's Norman. And then they go off. They proceed to go off and be eight-year-old kids. And Play doctor and all that other stuff. Whatever the hell. That's probably getting more action than this guy's getting with his girlfriend. But uh, So they run off and do their be eight-year-olds. And Demon Girl's probably going to be observing from the bushes somewhere. you know, Because she's present in almost every scene. 
um, she runs off. Uh, then all that other crap happens and uh, the deal goes down and he's like, okay, I'm going to give you this shithole building and you're going to sell it to the guy. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. And meanwhile, he's like, well, that's too bad. I'll give you another choice. You're going to go to jail for insider trading. And so he and the evil girl and the second command boss from the bank's company are like, we're, we're all, they're all on my side. They're going to say you stole the information in your messenger bag and knew they were going to release a Johnny Five driving robot car and all this shit. Um, blah, blah, blah. So action happens because he grabs the phone yes. and he runs away. The guy's going to... Oh, his final threat is we're going to have somebody snag your girlfriend your from little girl, work. Yeah, your, not your girlfriend, but your sister? No, no. The oh, girl, the girl. Oh. Yeah, because the sister is like at the factory, so good luck stealing her. Well, she um, snuck her way into a car. She snuck in the second-in-command guy from Bank's company, the insider guy, the grease ball. Yeah, using. nobody paid attention, not even this boy. He's like, but he came up and says, can you watch her? She's out in the parking lot. Yeah, he, yeah, he goes in and he's like, listen, I know you hate my guts at the moment because I'm defrauding your father, but could you um, watch my sister for a little bit? i got to go make a dirty deal with Greaseball. She's like, okay, fine. She's like, she's in the parking lot roller skating, and he leaves. Yeah, and she and, just like gets in the car and follows or whatever. Meanwhile, she has seen some of the planning and scheming of Greaseball, and she just gets in the car of the other guy from the bank's company um, and rides out to the warehouse where all this stuff's going down. And so he's in there, and he gets out his you know ninety pound cell phone from ninety one, <laughs> and you know holds that radiation brick up to his head, and he's going to call and he said, "Now, if you don't want to take deal one or two, well, our final thing is you're going to take one of them." Probably the one where he doesn't have to give any money. And we're going to go take your girlfriend from work. And she's like, she's never going to car with a stranger. She's like, she's not going to have a choice. And we'll keep her somewhere until you make a deal. That was about the darkest spot the movie went. Was that they would take her and hold her somewhere until he made a deal. Not like they were going to kill her or do anything horrible to her. So he's like, no, you wouldn't do that. And, and so he's like, all you got to do is make this phone call. And he gets out his cell phone, and it takes like an hour to get it out because it you know, weighs seven tons. And gets the antenna extended, and he's dialing it. So anyway, the kid snatches it from his head before he can give the go-ahead to snatch the girlfriend because that's the only thing that would stop him, apparently. <laughs> and so he's running through this, luckily, this abandoned, very clean warehouse. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of running, Scooby-Doo chase, you know, indoor, outdoor, upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, so the girl then just, like, is like, okay, I'm just going to figure out this enormous giant-looking crane. They hey, flip the switch, yeah. and it's going to come down and crush the Ferrari. And, like, the woman, the henchman lady is chasing her, and, like, she's like, oh, no, it's going to crush the Ferrari. So she's, like, trying to save the Ferrari, and then that's when, like... All hell breaks loose. They all get outside eventually, right? And then, like, uh, and then we realize that the guy who was making the deal uh, sung like a canary to the SEC and the cops just to save his ass and uh, and got a wire on everything that kind of made this this uh, Tim Heidecker confess to uh, to to all this insider training and plotting and scheming and stuff. And, you know, because the second command guy couldn't really be a bad guy, so he was working for the feds. And... Yeah, he ended up like a stool. He, uh, he should have gotten immunity in there. I should have been thrown in jail, too. Well, they've been, the SEC lady been trying to catch Greaseball, and so she got it. They, they did this whole thing of stock offering just to catch Greaseball. 
But just to kind of go back to that chase scene, um, <laughs> the, what I think of when they're running around the factory was kind of if, if you ever watched Scooby Doo at all. Yeah, I remember it. Do you kind of remember? Do you ever remember? Let's see if I can get this to go here. That's not the right one. Hang on. It's the right song, but it's the wrong. Hear about this one. Here we go. Oh, hang on here. We're just going to mute We're not going to sneak. Uh, somebody tried to sneak an advertisement from this fine piece of... Oh, YouTube? Fun. Yeah. yeah. We're going to skip that. YouTube is and... almost as bad as insider training. It's really close. Here we go. When they're running through the warehouse, this is what I heard. I heard the uh, menu selection of Catan. Just by the way. Hey, a little bit of that. And um, let's see if we can get a little bit of this here, too. Just a second. It's coming. I'm looking for a little peppier one because that's I pictured more of a peppier Scooby Doo song than what I'm thinking of here. Let's see. It's just not. You might as well just do the theme song. No, no, no. I think I, I think I found it. It's from a album called Scooby Doo's Snack Tracks. Oh wow. Okay. Let's see if we get to that. There we go. Well, it's not gonna work. Yeah, much yeah. like this movie, it just didn't—it just didn't work. It just didn't work. But uh, Scooby Doo Snack Tracks—you should check that out if you like that goofy chase music. Yeah, it's not as good without the uh, doors opening and closing, and you know, the zoinks and the and all that business in there. I was thinking of the Jerry Reed song, Pretty Merry Sunlight, but uh, the fast version of it. Anyway, that didn't work. So um, I had to, you know, I have to give myself one of these. Oh, and that's what this movie got, really. I mean, what happened at the yes. end after that? What, they all got back together or whatever. Uh, well, basically, they busted a guy. The kid runs out and runs the SEC agent. She's like, oh, don't worry. You're not in trouble. We got him on tape. And don't worry about it. And then they go talk to him and debrief him later. And the girl's hiding. His girlfriend's in the corner. And the creepy girl's probably hiding in the corner, too. Um, and she's like, and basically what it turns out is he bought it legally without having $252,000. He bought it legally on a unsecured terminal from his high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, basically he didn't do anything illegal. So he still owns all the stock and all the money and the company's doing well. But... And there's no, she said, there, I'd like to tell you, he, you know, you're waiting for me to say he had to give the stock back to your dad. And I can't because he bought it legally, despite being a high schooler and not spending money that doesn't exist. And so, <laughs> which I just, and yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So she's like, she's like, no, I wasn't waiting for you to say that. I was waiting for you to say that he wanted to give it back. Uh, yeah. 
And she, you know, goes off and goes home and sits in her bland bedroom and her bland curtains and her bland teddy bear and her 90-foot dress. Wants to blandly control this guy she lost now forever. She's got to find somebody else to put her hooks into. Meanwhile, she hears his stupid little scooter coming down the road. But we forgot, there's a part where he's quietly contemplating. Yeah, that could have been cut out. Yeah, so he's on his driveway quietly contemplating life late sitting in his Ferrari and meanwhile his demon sister is playing with some kids you know she's probably getting ready to you know do the you know do a shining move or yeah, set them on fire recruiting some or kids kid from, you know get from the twilight zone that sends people to cornfields yeah. mine kind of that thing she's probably gonna do it to some of the kids because one kid's playing freeze tag or something wrong and she's like no he made a mistake and you shouldn't benefit from basically the line from earlier in the movie shouldn't benefit from somebody else's mistake and the only thing for you to do is to go tell him you know it's a mistake and blah 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 kid hears it Apparently goes and hawks the Ferrari back, uh, drives up in his stupid scooter. She hears it. She looks out the window, still a little bit weary of what he's going to say. And she comes downstairs and he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've learned my lesson. Here's your dad's stock back. Um, and then like they kind of let the door open and you don't see, you know, that like they're making out fierce behind that door. No, nah, she's just happy the succubus has got her claws back inside of him. She's like, oh, good, you're not going to Princeton again, and you can come be a junior executive at my dad's company and never have as much money as you and power over my family as you did about five seconds ago. I mean, nothing is that worth it. So, and, I should, and I should say he gives her the stock in the form of one piece of paper, and it's like that's legally transferred. Yeah, it's so. – um, yeah. I, I would have – if I were faced with that situation and I still wanted to get back with her for some dumb reason – um, I would, I would, I would make it a win-win situation. I would say, you know, I'll just own the company, and your dad can keep working. Yeah, or or I could sell it back to you at a cheaper rate than what you would right. have made, but still, like, yeah. you know, give you ownership back again of the company. Or I would have, like, say, I'm going to co-op the ownership of this, and I'm going to live uh, and go to Princeton and and be able to pay for Princeton with the stock money. I'm going to go ahead and go to college, and your dad can run the company here, but I'm going to retain partial ownership. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's see why he couldn't do that. He bought it legally, although stupidly. And he was intending on, I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the, he, nice. he has no real will inside as a man. So he's going to marry that, that woman that's going to control him. So obviously, I mean, he knew he knows he's going to end up being, like, the owner of it anyway. So, well, and he, and he knows. Ultimately, it came down to this: he could be a millionaire, or he could please his girl, his controlling girlfriend, who maybe one day after they get married and and they can have sex. Yeah, that too. I mean, seriously, I I'd take that money and well, I don't know I mean, if I would go on a debaucherous jaunt. I would probably, I'd probably do something smart, like where I would I would get something out of out of out of doing that, and then also. You know, hook somebody else up. You know, either like with the dad or whatever. But what he does, that's what he does is just straight up emasculating and just like, it's the worst. It's just not even worth. The guy is just, a, he's not going to survive college. No, he he has no nefarious bone in his body. He doesn't know how to think for himself. There's nothing nefarious about thinking for yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, but he can't. There's, he has nothing. He can't think for himself. He can't let alone go to some dark place and do something bad. He can't do it. 
So he's just gonna he's probably gonna do some combination of staying home, being a junior exec, and play patty cake with his demon seed sister and his He can't he he lacks any real creativity to come up with win win situations for both. All he knows all that guy knows is I like Ferraris and my girlfriend. And that's somehow conned my way into Princeton. And apparently her dad likes him enough that he's gonna let him run the company despite him being a moron. He's gonna be like the so, ultimate middle management suck up. This guy this guy has no He's got no real, like, <laughs> yeah, he's got no real, I mean, he's just innocent and dumb. He might be book oh. smarts, but he's not street smarts. And he just, and he looks like adult, too. I mean, you can't, we're not doing a good representation of what he looks like. He's just a dope. Yeah. So, um, so, basically, this long outro, uh, this is dumb, was just to remain anonymous. <laughs> Um, uh, I said, "Damn you, Forrest and Sharon," because uh, they both wrote the movie. Um, who's the music? That was Kenny Abro. <laughs> Kenny Abro. I, uh, I wrote him a note. I'm calling ass, Cap Kenny, because he ripped off fucking Paul Simon. Oh, yeah. and then whistling. There's whistling in it too. Oh, it's it's a total ripoff of "You Can Call Me Al." So. Um, then I was like, I wonder which ladies who acted in this movie actually ended up in pornos. Um, I did a little IDB on this, <laughs> IMDb and um, not not AFDB. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna leave it up to the listeners to figure out that not, one. Yeah, you guys can work on that. Literally, uh, home, homework. Um, so not that one, and uh, it looks like a lot of them stayed in the realm of family friendly fare. Yeah, uh, uh, we got the stranglehold of that mark. But. No, I'm, since we've reached the end of the summary, um, I think we are. Well, I will to... say that the best surprise of this movie altogether for me no. was that the last five minutes was was taped and not actual movie, which meant that no. surprise the movie was a lot shorter than I expected. So that was the best thing for me out of this movie. Oh, that was great! Oh yeah, that's right. It did convert over to nothing. Yeah. Um, so no, it's a it's mercifully short, <laughs> although it feels really long. Um, now. Since we have summed it up, we can go ahead and address these parents' questions. And so let me ask you this. Um, typically, the parents' guide presents you, for your family's consideration, questions about the film's theme and moral conflict. Oh, wow. After viewing In Your Wildest Dreams, you may want to talk with your children about the following topics. Right. Um, and we also should be noted, this was produced for... This was produced just for feature family film feature films for families that's a mouthful without profanity vulgarity or excessive violence this is a movie that combines real fun with traditional values i question the real fun sentiment in that sentence you sound like the butler uh, from the disorderlies uh yes uh is du- what was this duffy no no, no not the rapper the butler no no but i'm just gonna uh is duffy available to be in this film no, he's dead. Um, so, okay, so basically there's no vulgarity, excessive violence, and, and everybody can enjoy it. Now, wait a second. Oh, even the summary has got stuff. Okay, so I'm just going to read the back of the box and we'll answer the questions. The wildest and craziest dreams of the Andrews family come true. That's already a problem. Uh, when 18-year-old Mark Trevor Black, the talented Trevor Black, accidentally, in quotes, makes a million in the stock market. <laughs> Uh, examples of honesty and integrity combined with adventure excitement. No, 
that's an edit there was adventure and excitement and everyone's wildest dreams to make the to make great family entertainment oh what would you do if you suddenly had an unexpected million can you imagine any circumstances would cause you to consider getting that money back if even if it was legally yours no no part Part of Mark's million dollar dilemma is his relationship with girlfriend Holly. And he should have dumped. Uh, who should have? It doesn't have that in there. I must have been. The I mean, first she didn't guy. even come out and admit that she really just wanted to give it back to protect her dad. She, yeah, but she just like was super passive aggressive. She's like, I just want you to think about it. She never really come. She never had the balls herself to say it, right? She's like, I just want you to think about the decision. That was her. That was her trump card. And it was a psychological warfare bullshit that she was coming. It was just like so infuriating. I I know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just you think about it. That was the thing. That is the worst thing ever. That right uh, there, if I was in that situation, I'd call it off. It's like, all right, then fuck you. I mean, just to answer their question, can you imagine circumstances would cause you to consider giving the money back if it's legally mine? It's legally mine, then no. Fuck them. Exactly. Um, Unless they want to propose a way for them to get it back with either exchanging okay. goods or services. All right. Listen, if I'm uh, if I'm Mark in this movie, okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw her dad out on his ass. No, but and I'm on the same note, right? What what yeah. if he fucked up that trade and he has to owe twenty five thousand dollars? Is she gonna help him out on that? Oh, no. where is she gonna come? Where where is the bank's family gonna be on that one? Right. Well, and it was yeah. from his college fund, right? What are the parents are gonna do if he loses if he loses his ass out on that, right? His Princeton money. His Princeton yeah, money. He wouldn't be able to go to Princeton. His life would have been over if if that went the other way. So it went in his favor, and now it's like, oh, it's so terrible. I'm calling bullshit. Now, I call bullshit on her plan. Now, oh, here's the kicker, though. Part of Mark's million dollar dilemma is relationship with girlfriend Holly. Blah blah blah. And his innocent and wise seven-year-old sister, Katie, you will love Katie statement. I will say that she is Damien incarnate, and she looks at the it baby. is not the son of Satan, it's the daughter of Satan. If anybody's ever seen the original Bad Seed movie, the black and white movie where the little girl's killing people, they remade it with Macaulay Culkin being the Bad Seed. But in the original movie, it's a little blonde girl. Um, she looks like the Bad Seed. Wow. So... You know, go see that movie. That movie's actually pretty good. It's pretty intense for a little black and white movie. But um, she looks like the bad seed, and she gives off that demon vibe that, you know, like children uh, children of the damned, that kind of, you know, that whole vibe, that creepy vibe. Um, do to do we already covered the no vulgarity, excessive violence. That's true. Um, also, no, no excitement. Um, okay, so now here's those questions you may want to talk with your children about the following. So... Um, is something always right because it's not against the law? Yes. Um, no, not really, probably, if you want to get right down to being a decent person, but is something always right just because it's not against the law? Probably, yeah, who cares? Uh, what do you think Mark should have done with the stock? I think we've covered that. I would have just taken over the company and been partners with the dad, gone to Princeton, and then come back after I got my business school degree. I mean, I would at least have a lawyer draw up a contract that would guarantee... Just say I'm going to retain partial ownership of the company. You run it until I get out of business school, and then we'll be full partners once I, uh, upon me graduating business. Well, school. even like talk to him and be like, "Listen, I'm willing Look to give this back to you, right? But like, but for, pay for Princeton because I'm a good guy. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you're, gonna, you're making money hands off a of foot anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's like 
don't make me go to stupid don't make me go to community college and work all day. Let me go be in college and just go to college and get my business degree from a fancy school and then I can come back and work for you. And you can say, hey, I can turn the company over to a Princeton-educated business Yeah, guy. but no, it's just... Uh, yeah. No, you got to be a goof. By the way, um, this this workbook thing, is there like answers or is it just like, let's have discussion points? No, no. There's like four questions. And I've noticed on the other versions of these movies, they have them too. What lesson did Mark teach Katie at the restaurant? I don't know. It, oh, don't steal profit from other people's mistakes, whatever. Don't profit off of other people's mistakes. Oh, and finally, they kind of go off book here. If you found a lost wallet or purse, what should you do? Not what would you do. What should you do? I don't. Well, it depends on what's in it. Let's deconstruct the question a little bit. Um, so I lost wallet or purse, and scenario one is there's no ID in it, but there's two thousand dollars. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, nothing except keep the two thousand um, dollars. You could leave it where it is because it's probably drug money. Um, and you're probably going to get followed and shot. That's my. That's that's where I take. If I find a wallet full of excessive amounts of cash, I'm going to assume it's dirty money. Um, and I don't want to talk to the person who lost it because they probably are going to kill me. Um, if there's ID, give it back to you. I would. I don't know. I guess that's the right answer for what should you do. I'll tell you what you should do is if you illegally bought stock and made a million dollars, you should freaking hang on to it. That's what you should do. Uh, Anyway, those are the questions. Those are tough questions, obviously. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going a totally different direction next time. I'll say that. Oh. And we have officially watched a morality movie. Not a religious movie. No, no. It is a, it's clean of everything, religion included, but it's also clean of excitement, um, entertainment. It's clean of... Oh, God, it's clean of interest for the most part. Um, it's clean of Jerry... <laughs> it's clear, clean of Jerry Reed, Chase Music. Um, clean of Tim clean, Heidecker. Clean of, it's not Tim Heidecker, although this does... The quality of the film reminds me a lot of, a, of Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job. <laughs> it does remind me a lot of that. Oy. That's probably what my attention. Anyway, it's a draining movie. And we both, and actually, we're both little run down from watching the Royals play a freaking long ass playoff game. You want to talk about awesome. it in your wildest dreams? Yeah, it was. It was anyways, long night. So and then we had to watch this hunk of crap. Um, palette cleanser. Yeah, I think I we're guess. guaranteed to like the next movie now, no matter what. There's, I mean, it's your pick, so take mercy on us. I'll tell you please. right now, I've got a Zadar feeling like no other. Ooh. Uh, so, all right, it's already a step up. So, yeah, I mean, just in jowl size alone, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's our it 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 has to be. It doesn't matter. I'm I feel confident. I feel like whatever morality questions uh, in a Zadar movie that pop up will be promptly answered with some violence and or boobs. So, uh, I'm already looking want- forward to the questions posed in whatever movie I come up with. And I've got a, I've got a couple on deck I'm thinking about, and just to go over in-house business. I still haven't uh, said your prize yet. No prizes, yeah, that'll we'll get that worked out. But um, just in general, I was going to let everybody know since I have finally, um, after much procrastinating and I don't know pure ineptitude, have finally figured out how to use the scheduling feature on Facebook. Um, 
I will. You're probably going to get see a little bit more updating from oh, us. Oh, you can schedule oh. on Facebook. Yeah, you can set posts for as much as you want. I uh, I use Hootsuite. Um, you use Hootsuite for tweets, right? Uh, and Facebook, and LinkedIn, yep. and multiple accounts, and but um, it's everything. You can, you can certainly do it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also view the stuff that we're doing in the future on Facebook for those who don't have the pristine access that we do to the Gonzo, the yeah, Gonzo so guys you, empire. Yeah, so we, we you'll see more from us on there going forward. But you got to check it because if somebody suggested another movie, I know you were intrigued by the title. I'm sure you were. Um, if you suggest another title, you're there's prizes galore. Um, but you got to watch. You got to check Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Retweet our stuff. Read. Well, share I um, I, I gotta say, with my pick, it's it's Zadar all the way. So if people know who that is and want to just make a suggestion, it would need to be within the realm of Zadar. So and say that. What's the name one more time? Zadar. Zadar. And I'm not gonna tell you how to spell it. You should know. No, no, no. You wanna do your homework? Uh, just you know, throw it in a comment on anything that we put up. You know, if we see something, we will we will definitely respond to you. And you know, you, we got free stuff to give away. I kind of like the idea of the workbook questions, questions. like four yeah. or five questions after the movie. Like, like say for you know Doctor Detroit. You know, yes. we we sh- maybe we should ask. Well, what is the idea of how morally do you think it is to becoming a, a street pimp? Um, and what the, should you do when presented with Five beautiful women willing to work for you uh, for money. I think we did, you know, in turn, in that movie, we did answer that. We would open a series of fast food restaurants. That's right. Uh, very more enterprising than a, uh, than a than an AI robot, not unlike Johnny Five from 1980s Short Circuit. You know, and a, a little birdie told me that um, our uh, Gonzo guy on sabbatical... <laughs> Uh, is a huge fan of our Dr. Detroit impressions. Ah, yes. Uh, as I'm sure he's a huge fan of the general plot in this movie as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, he loves he loves our Dr. Detroit voices. <laughs> I'm not going to do, I'm not gonna I'm do just, it, man. No, I'm sorry. It's right now, he's, he's, he's probably listening to this a little bit later in the car and you're thinking oh thank god they didn't do any dr detroit voices yeah oh, yes we did no and that's all uh, but I that's think like... just, uh, th- thinking good thoughts uh thinking moral thoughts that aren't attached to any religion the royals won royals oh, won. i don't even think dr detroit could bring him down <laughs> i was voting for the royals <laughs> and i made chicken oh yeah. man chicken. anyway um so do all the stuff we usually tell you to do facebook Twitter, all that okay, guys, we'll get social networks. Um, if you got a movie you want us to watch, throw it out there. We'll put it in line. Yeah, if not, we'll, we'll do some votes or we'll just arbitrarily pick it up. Right now, since we've exhausted every genre, um, everything's up for everything's grabs. Up for grabs so except, except for movies that we've already seen. We're not going to revisit them. No revisiting. Although, after uh, watching this movie, I do kind of want to watch Las Vegas Bloodbath again. Uh, we may revisit some of our um, early video podcasts that we did. So uh, uh, you might see those pop up on the blog as well. Who knows? It, yeah, those could pop up. Those are those are fun because there's video with them. So that's like a bonus. Uh, oh, my face. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's fun. We 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 made an original music video on one of those. So that was always fun. Uh, um, anyway, 
talk to us, you'll get some free shit. So yeah, I, cool I remember that. Uh, I will forget this movie. <laughs> yeah, forget this one. Um, <laughs> no more of these, these feature films or families are just brutal. Um, yeah, it's not family friendly, at least in the Gonzo family. <laughs> oh, it just hurt. It, it makes... It's just not good. It's, it's just not good. It's it's gonna suck. I mean, listen, it even killed my ability to just throw in random sounds in the episode, really, except from the trombone. It's just, ugh. Well, it, you know what it did? It made me bland. Well, I tell you yeah. what, we should go out on something bland then. I think, um, let's see, I think, you know, the movie does it best, you know, go to the source, is what we always say. So, uh, here's a little going out music. Let me just kind of cue it up here. They'll pick up into the Paul Simon ripoff here pretty soon. Uh, Now, what you're going to get is this music will soon become the Paul Simon knockoff music. So, don't worry. Because there's a lot of credits. They had interludes like this, too, during it. Yeah, there's... they were good about not playing whole songs to the movie, but uh, doesn't that just kind of make you want to die? Uh, this reminds me of growing up in a Catholic grade school and having to sing these songs in church. Uh, we didn't have to sing the contemporary Christian music. We sang the old stuff. No, I had to sing Michael W. Smith, man. That was brutal. I'll throw this little note in while we're closing out. Um, I don't fast forward this movie. Don't fast forward it. I don't care. Don't watch it. Just don't watch uh, it. You're not going to get anything out of it. So I'd say it's fast. I, if you do stumble on it, you have to watch it, but but avoid it at all costs. Fast forward approved. Um, no, we. This reminds me of the music that was in our sex ed stuff in Catholic school. Oh wow. Where the ladies drank coffee in a little uh, greenhouse. Oh. Oh, here comes. Hey. Here comes. T- hey, Excited. Tim said sex ed. Guess what? Happy music! You can call me I mean, wait a minute. This isn't Paul Simon. You can bone me out. Uh, she drank coffee? <laughs> she would drink coffee in a little greenhouse and then say, what you know... What sexual metaphor is that? She drank coffee in a greenhouse and then they play this music and talk about body parts. And that's about it. Oh, that's way more interesting than this movie. It, it was. It was a lot more fun. I, ooh, I'll find that. Oh, and then when you say sex, I think of this now. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Next time, fast forward this piece of crap. Yes.
prosperity, but I prefer simplicity. No, I don't need it now. But then you came and tempted me. Is it to be or not to be? Oh, 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 I just don't know how. In your wildest dreams, did you ever think it'd come to this? In your wildest dreams, things are never as they 